All right. There you go. Come forward. I'm trying to make sure I can see everybody. I'm kind of all thrown because we're not doing the normal order of things. So it's like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Okay. Let's pray. That's a good place to start. Sorry, Tavis. Dancing? You saw. I don't know if you saw. Sosa's over here looking all nice and cool and like, you know. Anyway, the less we talk about that, the better. <laughs> My dancing ability. I'll become even more undignified than this. <laughs> Lord God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time together. And uh, Lord, just pray your blessing on the word right now. Blessing, Lord, on me as I attempt to share, Lord, what you've placed in my heart. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to, to communicate your word, Lord, in a way that is uh, life-giving, Lord, and, st and that stirs us, Lord, and challenges us. Lord, your, your word causes a response in our heart. And uh, Lord, I pray that our hearts would be ready to receive, Lord, what you would speak to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Actually, I do need to do one thing before we um, get into the Word. Joel, do you want to come up here with your mouth full of bagel? Hey, are you, Joel's flying out tonight at midnight. And uh, so I thought we'd just pray for him before he before he flies over to Puerto Rico. And uh, let's, can we stand and let's, let's pray for Joel. Yeah. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for the servant-hearted man, Joel. Lord, we thank you for his heart to, to want to go and, and serve, Lord, uh, his homeland, Lord, the, the place that, that is so deep in his own heart. Lord, and I pray, Lord, that it, as Puerto Rico has, has gone through so much, and Lord, as they rebuild, Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, use Joel to be a part of that process. Lord, I pray that you would guide his steps. Lord, I know that he's going with a plan in, in his heart, but Lord, I pray, Lord, that also in the moments, Lord, you'd be speaking to him about what to do. And uh, so, Lord, we just pray a blessing on him, a covering over him. Lord, watch over him and protect him. Lord, bring him back safe. Lord, I pray for Olivia, Lord, and Bella as, as he's gone, that you'd watch over them and keep them safe as well. Lord, and I pray that you'd put a peace in their heart, Lord, the, to know that Joel is there serving you and are serving the people there. And so we just thank you for him, and we just pray this blessing on him in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And uh, I'd like to... Give a formal welcome to my father-in-law who's here today, uh, Reg. And so if you're wondering why I'm on my best behavior, that's why. <laughs> and uh, it's been great to, to have Dad here with us. Uh, as we've just been, yesterday we had our estate sale and yard sale and whatever kind of sale you want to call it. And just having him here helping us and getting the house ready and as we uh, look to moving out of there. So he's one of those guys that can do anything. He can fix cars. He can build houses. He can fly airplanes. I don't know, whatever. He, he can do it. So, it's, And it's just been a really great comfort to have him here with us as well. So, so welcome, Dad. It's great to have you here with us today. And it's your first time in actually 
uh, for the service too, which is great. Okay, so getting into the Word now. We're, uh, this year we've been focusing on the theme from strength to strength. And uh, the theme that we're looking at through this month is serve God's dream. And uh, I was going to talk about, you know, serving and, and you're talking about the, you know, what is the serving God's dream? What's God's dream? What does it mean to serve? And uh, initially when I was thinking about, you know, a few weeks ago, I was thinking about what would I be sharing today? I was thinking more along the lines of how can we serve? How can we get involved and, and be a part of what we're doing here in the church? But um, I think there's a more crucial call on the church. And, and if we don't get this right, then all the other stuff makes little difference. All the other stuff that we come to do, and I love getting together for church on Sundays, and I love how we can praise and worship and pray and, and uh, get around the Word and one another. I love how we can do that, and, and to do that takes team. To, to have the worship like we did today has, has Asosa leading us in worship and, and Uche drumming, and, and uh, to have sound working, we have Stephen up the back, and we have our team up the back who have the words and the, and the lights. Everything that we do here takes team, and it takes people who are serving. And, but we could, do, we could serve all day long. We could serve all year long. We could, we could get involved and do all those things. But without this one thing, I think it makes or breaks what we do as, as a church. In 2 Peter verse 3 um, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. And it says, ooh, that's clever. Oh, that's better. Because my print just got really small for some reason in my Bible. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count. What does that say? It's a long way away there. Let me do it this way. Ah, that's better. That's like font 30. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promises. Some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish. If you want to know what is God's dream, what is, what's in His heart, what's His desire, His desire is this, that none should perish, but that all should reach repentance, that none should perish. That's, that's the dream. That's, that's the desire of God's heart. And so I want to spend some time today in the book of Luke, looking at a, at a very well-known passage in Luke chapter 19. And let's start with verse 1. And it says, talking about Jesus, He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore, uh, sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. And so he, he hurried and, and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled, they being all the crowd. 
He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. The title of today's message is the, unspo the Unspoken Plea in a Sycamore Tree. The Unspoken Plea in a Sycamore Tree. Now there's a, a lady who, I haven't seen her for, for a little while, but there's a lady who often would come into the Starbucks where I do a lot of my study and, and reading. And uh, this lady comes in, she's, um, I'm not sure how old, she's probably uh, later 50s. And uh, she comes in, and she's one of those really loud personalities and um, boisterous. As soon as she walks in the, in the shop, in the store, everyone knows she's there because she's just calling out hey to people. And she comes in and, and uh, calls out, hey, Padre. She calls me Padre, and she sees me sitting there. And, and she sits down, and I often, I've often have my Bible, you know, sitting open there on the table, and she asks, you know, what are you, what are you reading today? What's the Lord telling you today? She says sarcastically because she's an atheist. And uh, so we've had lots of conversations over, over, the, over the time. And uh, we'll call her, for, just to give her a name, I won't use her real name, we'll call her Jenny. And uh, she likes to really drill me, like she likes to challenge me. So what do you think, Scott, about evolution? How come there's trees that are 20,000 years old if the world's only 6,000 years old? And, and she likes to try and throw me and, and stump me. And she even gets a little bit aggressive sometimes. And, and I just kind of sit there nice and smiling and just, you know, let her ask him the questions and do my best to communicate and, and talk with her and kind of lead her down this path that, that she wants to to go down and sometimes you well I don't believe any of that rubbish and I'm leaving for your sake and for my sake I'm leaving all the four letter words out that she might use in between but she kind of speaks and well I don't believe any of that stuff and and I think it's all for people who are you know just dreamers and people who just don't have anything better they need to feel like the need to have a crutch something to to lean on that's kind kind of how she talks to me sometimes and uh, she knows she's having a go at me, and I think she's always just trying to bait me, trying to get a, a rise, trying to get me to respond. And so I just sit there sweetly and, uh, and just listen to what she's got to say. And people have said to me, a few people have said to me, because they hear, I say, why do you let her talk to you like that? And my response was this, why would I want her to stop talking? Why would I want her to, to, to not express? What if, what if she's trying to communicate something that isn't so much a statement, but it's more of a question in her own heart? What if she's trying to, in, in her own way, in her own personality, she's trying to confront something and she's trying to, to see, is this going to give? Is this gonna, am I going to be right after all? If I keep pushing, if I keep shoving, is this Scott guy going to prove that I'm actually right after all if he can't answer my questions or if he gets angry or if he loses his temper or if he, uh, he'll be a hypocrite, then, then I'll know I'm right. 
I, I kind of have that sense when I'm talking to this lady, to Jenny, that she's just trying to, to push. And even though she's trying to assert her belief, I hear something deeper. I hear an unspoken plea. I hear what she's not saying. I hear what she's not asking. And so I try to remain as, as peaceful as I can. One thing is coming out of her mouth, but I know deep down she's also searching. and She's looking. And so going back to this passage here, looking at Zacchaeus in chapter 19, just starting in there at verse 3, and it says, and he was, this is talking about Zacchaeus, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. Now, Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. And if you know a little bit of the culture of the day, chief tax collectors were not liked. And there's some good reasons for it. Because they weren't just collecting taxes. The chief tax collectors could go up to anybody, anytime, for any reason at all, and say, Vern, you need to pay $20 tax. We're waiting. <laughs> the chief tax collector could go up to anyone they want, and they could name what it was for, and they could name the amount of what it was. And, that, and so you could see how corrupt and why they were considered corrupt. And Zacchaeus was even, uh, even lower than the, than the Roman tax collectors because he was a Jewish man himself. So by the Jewish people, he was not only seen as someone who was extorting money, but extorting money from his own people. He was betraying his fellow Jewish people. And so wherever there was a crowd, there were people, there was money. Therefore, there was a tax collector somewhere. The tax collectors, they would follow the crowds. Why? Because the, that's where the people were. And if the people were there, that's where the money was. So it's no surprise that Zacchaeus is here. But like Jenny, he's searching. He wanted to see Jesus, even if it was from the distance in a tree. People don't see Jesus in bodily form today but they see you. They don't, they, don't know, they don't see Jesus walking down Deer Valley Road, but they see us. People see us. They're watching us. They're observing us. They watch you and they, and they watch me. They watch my actions. They observe. People observe how I talk. They, they watch to see if I'm honest. They might watch from a distance, perhaps. They might even pretend that they're not watching, but there are people who are watching us, because we are Christians. Now, the name Christian means little Christ. We are like little Christs that are walking around. We are not Christ, just, just so that we settle that. But the people are looking at our lives. They're watching us to see he calls himself a Christian. Well, let's see how he responds to that. Let's see how he speaks around people. Let's, let's listen to see what kind of jokes he tells. Let's Let's see what he's doing when there's no other Christians around. Let's, let's observe because there are people who are watching, like Jenny. I really believe from some of the conversations that we've had that, that people are watching us and they're observing us. We can go to Matthew chapter 5. I'm going old school today. I've got the 
Maybe we should just go to the screens. Okay, 5.13. This is Jesus speaking. He says, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. Now, this is Jesus talking. He's talking to his disciples. He says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and, and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. What's that saying? It's saying, hey, when we, when we go about our day-to-day -day business, we should go with an understanding that Jesus has called us light of the world. It's because of him being the light that we go and that we are his light in the world, if I can say it that way. We are his light in the world. And Jesus is saying here, so don't hide it up. Don't, don't cover it over. But, but let your light shine. Let people see who you are through your good works, as it says, so that people may glorify him, so that people may glorify the Father. We want to be seen. We want to be seen as the Christian men and the Christian women that he has formed us and called us to be. So let's go back over to Luke here and look at verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house tonight. I love this image. I love this picture. It says Jesus came and he, and he looked up. He looked beyond the crowds. He looked to the one who was probably the most despised person there, the person who was the least popular person there. Jesus is walking down and there's crowds everywhere. There's people because they don't know, is he going to do a miracle? Is he going to raise somebody up who is paralyzed? Is he going to heal a blind person? People don't know. It's, I mean, that'd be cool. Hey, just if Jesus was doing that, man, I'd be there. I'd, be, I'd just be as close as I could. So, and, and everybody was. There are people following Jesus. And so all these people are looking to see what, what is Jesus going to do? And, and what does he do? He comes to this place and he stops by this tree looks up into the tree and looks at the man who was the least popular man there, the man who was the most despised there, and says to Kiss, I'm going to come and hang out with you today. He looked with purpose. Jesus didn't just see another person in the crowd. He was looking for the man who was looking. He was looking for the man who was looking for Jesus. He was looking for the man who was asking the question. He was looking for the man with an unspoken plea. He was looking for the man. For the man who was looking. And then verse 6. So he hurried, Zacchaeus, he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And Jesus connected with Zacchaeus. There is, I was, I was looking at, let me just maybe read the next part of this here. Verse 7, it says, When they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone into the 
to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. You know, I think there's a, a perception some, sometimes in church, at least with people that I've spoken to, that they may like the idea of going to church. They may like the idea that God loves them. They may, they may, love, they may like that, that idea, but there's a, there's a sense in them that I can't go to church or, or God's not interested in me because of all my hang-ups, because of all the things that I've got going on in my life, because I'm not, I'm not good enough yet or, and I'm, I'm not worthy enough yet. There, there's, a, there's a stigma sometimes that people have that says, oh, I, I, when I'm good enough, I'll go. And I've had people years ago, I remember having some of these conversations and, and I was a little, I was, I was naive because someone, someone asked me the question the very first time they asked me, do I have to stop smoking if I go to church? And when I was a teenager, my answer was yes. I said, yeah, you, prob- you probably do. It's, I mean, it's probably a good thing anyway. I don't know. I'm just a teenager. But, but they asked me the question, should I give up this? before I come to church. And you can put whatever label you want in there. It doesn't matter. But I realized some years later as I began to understand my own humanness and understand God's graciousness, and I started to answer that question differently. Do I have to give up this if I come to church? And I said, no, you don't have to. Because I realized something when I, when I read Zacchaeus. It wasn't until Zacchaeus had met Jesus that the change happened. We want people to try and change before they meet Jesus. And there's no power for them to do that. There's no ability for them to do that. They might think it's a good idea in their head. Maybe I should give that up. Maybe I should give this up. Maybe they kind of know that there's some things that they should, but but until they meet Jesus, the actual power to be free from some of those things isn't even there. It's when they meet Jesus that the power is there. It's when they meet Jesus that people can be set free from the things that they thought was, was holding them back. It's once they meet Jesus. So no wonder Jesus is coming along and he looks up at Zacchaeus and says, Hey, Zacchaeus, I know you got issues. I'm just kind of reading between the lines. I know you've got issues, Zacchaeus. I know you're not perfect. Zacchaeus, I know that you're probably one of the least popular people here. I know you're a chief tax collector. I know you've been stealing. I know you've been extorting people for money. Jesus would have known all those things about Zacchaeus. But Jesus knew that once he'd met with Zacchaeus, that Zacchaeus' life would be changed. The people were, were outraged that Jesus would go and hang out with him. And uh, I like that Jesus had an outrageous love. He met their outrage with an outrageous love. Like, why would he go and hang out? Surely there were better people there in the crowd. Maybe there were more worthy people there in the crowd that Jesus could have gone and hung out with. But he chose Zacchaeus. I, I I love that there was an outrageous love. There was an outrage in the people. There was an outrageous love in Christ for for a man who was looking, for a man who was searching. Romans chapter 5, in verse 6 and 8.
For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would, would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I want to think about that verse for a little bit. That while, while we were still sinners, what does that mean? While we were still at our worst, while we were doing our worst, while, while we were saying our worst, while we were cheating or while we were doing whatever, while we were, while we were still sinners. So if you can picture yourself at your worst moment, I don't know what's going through your head and I don't need to know. But if you can imagine yourself at your least proud moment of life, at, your, at, the, at the lowest point, where you know, like, man, I've never been this far from God. It's, if you can picture at that moment, at that moment, Jesus is looking at you and says, you're worth dying for. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us, that he would demonstrate his love for us. That's how much he loves us. Church, can we love while people are still yet sinners? Or will we love if, if people, I mean, my, my dream is for our churches to always be full of people who, while they were yet sinners, they could come. They could come and they would be welcome because we know that once people meet Christ and everything changes. Once, so so could, we, could we handle it if people with their lives not in control came and started attending our church? Could we handle it if people with all kinds of sin started coming and and sitting in our seats that are here, could could we could we deal with that? I reckon we could. I think we could. This is the kind of church that we are. I'm speaking to the choir. You know, I, I really believe that's who we are. That we would say, "Hey, come, come. We're all sinners saved by grace. We are all sinners that that Jesus has set free. Everyone is is welcome. Can we hear the unspoken plea? Can we see the the Jennies and the Zacchaeuses and stop and talk and listen. Some people might call it outrageous, but I wouldn't mind being accused of that. I wouldn't mind being accused of being an outrageous Christian. This is God's desire that none should perish, that none should perish. You know, my last verse for today in Acts chapter 20 Verse 24. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. It says, I do not account my life of, of any value nor is precious to myself, but for one thing, that his life would testify to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Church, that's, that's the ministry of the church. That, that's where the service part comes in. When we say, Jesus, it's not about me anymore. It's not really about what I want 
anymore. It's about what he wants. It's about what his dream is, the desire that's in his heart that none should perish. And what is that? That we would meet the Jennies, that we would meet the Zacchaeuses, that we would hear the unspoken plea, that we could look beyond maybe what's being portrayed and, and start to see people as Christ sees them. That I don't count, I do not account my life of, of any value except for one thing, to preach the gospel, to tell others about the good news of Jesus. Can you hear the unspoken plea in the sycamore tree? There are lots of Zacchaeuses out there. There's lots of Jennies out there. This week you're going to meet some. This week you're going to meet some Zacchaeuses. You're going to meet some Jennies. You're going to meet some who may get up in your face and, and start saying things like, man, you, you sound like you're a long way away from God, but they might just be one question away from Him. And the church needs to be in that place where we're ready to see through that, to see beyond that, and to love as Jesus loved, and to be able to walk in the midst of everything else going on in life and be able to stop and see someone in, in a sycamore tree, so to speak, and be able to recognize that even though that person looks like they're a long way off from, from Christ, even though it looks like they're a long way off from ever wanting to know who He is, maybe they're there looking. Maybe they're there searching. I want to just show you a short, a short video as we get ready to finish. When's it going to happen? Here I am. There you are. Here I am, desperate for love, for truth. What are you going to do when you leave this building? Are you going to share with me what you've been learning here today? Or are you just going to bottle it up and pull it out next week for your friends? Now, when I say share, I'm not talking about every tactic you've used on me in the past, like judging my every move, telling me I'm a bad person, pointing fingers, giving me disgusting looks. <laughs> and my favorite is when you tell me that I'm lost. I don't even know what that means to be lost. Do you really think judging me is going to make me change? Would it make you change? Now, I, I know I'm a bad person. I've, I've done bad things, but I don't need you to tell me that. What I need is for you to pick me up when I fall down, to be there when I'm broken. Yes, there's, there's something missing in me. There's a void in my heart that I don't know how to fill. You have it. You have that thing that makes you whole. You know that person that I need to know. So I'm watching your every move. I'm watching where you go and what you say and do. Because I'm desperate for something real. I need something genuine to know that there's something more here than this. I mean, this, this can't be it, really. And I think you know that. Listen to me. I need you. I need you to be here for me. I need you to walk out right now, ready and willing to do whatever it takes. It's, it may not be comfortable. It may not be easy. But I need you to show me love. 
no matter the cost, show me what unconditional love really looks like. Stop telling me about this God of yours and show me who he really is. Honestly, I'll probably resist you. I'll probably argue with you and laugh at you. I'll, you know, even when you fall, I'll probably call you a hypocrite. But don't give up on me. Please don't give up on me. So I'm going to ask you, when's it going to happen? Gets me every time I watch that, actually. Can we close our eyes and bow our heads just for a moment? Now, there's some people here today, perhaps, who can relate to Zacchaeus or who can relate to Jenny or can relate to the lady that we just saw on the screens. And there's an unspoken plea in your own heart, and you've been wondering, when's the moment? When is God going to answer me? And I believe today He is. Just like Zacchaeus was in the tree and Jesus came and, and Jesus stopped right in front of him. I believe the same thing today, that Jesus has come and he stopped right in front of you and said, today's the day. Today's the day I want to come and be with you. I want to walk with you. I want to spend your life with you and share my life with you. Today's that day. And if you're here today and you say, Scott, that's me. I haven't had this relationship with Jesus and I know that I'm not perfect. And I know I haven't got everything right in my life. But I want to know this Jesus who loves me unconditionally. I want to know this Jesus who wants to walk with me, be the closest friend I could ever have. I want to know this Jesus who came and, and died for my sins so that I could have a relationship with God forever and spend eternity with him. I want to know that Jesus, today is the day that Jesus has come and standing in front of that sycamore tree. And if you would say, today, Jesus, I want to respond to you. With all our eyes closed, just forgive each other the privacy here. Would you raise your hand this morning? Thank you. Awesome. You can put those hands down. Thank you very much. I want to pray a prayer right now. And together, we're all going to pray this prayer together. Let's pray this way. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. And thank you for caring about me. Today I want to walk with you for the rest of my life. I don't want to live my own way anymore. But I want to live your way with you and forever. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we uh, thank you? Awesome people. That's awesome, guys. Well, I hope you stirred and encouraged and hope, you know, that we would take the challenge today. Take the challenge. 
that when you go about your day, be looking for the Zacchaeuses, be looking for the Jennies, be looking for, for those, because I believe that there is a world that's pretending like they're not crying out, but deep down they are. It's not being vocalized. It's an unspoken plea in so many people today, and they just need us as his ambassadors to go and, and shine his light in their world. Amen? Amen. Let me pray one final time and then we'll close. Lord Jesus, we thank you that, Lord, what you've called us to do. Lord, I pray, Lord, that this week that you would show us the people, that you would lead us. Lord, help us to shine your light. Help us to be sold in the earth. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to, to be recognized, Lord, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that you'd help us to, to share and to communicate and to love, Lord, people as you love people. Lord, I pray that even this week, as a result of today, that we would see salvations this week. That people, there would be conversations, that pe there would be prayers that people would pray, Lord, this week, some for the very first time as they come, Lord, to know you. We thank you, Lord, for what you've called us to do. Lord, this is us serving your dream that none should perish. Lord, help us to, to know. Lord, help us to get a hold of that. Lord, that we would count our, our lives, Lord, worth nothing except for that one fact, that we would give our lives to sharing the grace and the mercy and the love and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. For your glory, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Hey, you know what? I want to put the little challenge out there that if you do have a conversation this week or whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a conversation, but whatever it is, come and let us know. And even if you'd be willing, maybe we'd have you come and just share a bit of a testimony next Sunday in front of the church because I think it would encourage all of us. Amen? Awesome. Have a wonderful afternoon, everybody. Your love was never far You made a way to get to me You were the whisper Leading me to your heart Forever I belong to you
Show me better.